What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Music Podcast Deluxe. Featuring Don't Believe the Hype. And we're about to blow your f***ing minds. Whoa, whoa, Muck. Let's lay it back a bit. Thanks, Dre. Where would I be without you? Representing Montreal, Canada, we're coming to you straight from the DBTH sound room. Damn, that sounds tight. But you know we're sitting on the couch, right? So join us. Every episode where we're going to be talking about concerts, records, experiences, and everything in between. Stay a while, and let's make some time for music. So uh, we're here to talk about uh, episode number seven today. 007, some would say. James Bond. And we're, uh, we're calling this episode On Tap. That's right. So we're basically taking six albums that we've been listening to. In records last, in the last week, actually. Yeah, in the last little while, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about their history, some fun facts, why they're important to us, and the list goes on. And uh, we'll also be giving you some news, some shit happening in Montreal and around the world. Yeah, Oceaga has announced their final lineup. One of the rumors that we were talking about, Muse, they're headlining, Lord, The Weeknd, and the list goes on. Unfortunately, you know, there's some of the bands that we really want to see on that list. They they didn't make the cut, but, uh, you know, there's plenty of time for uh, for them to head to Montreal, so. You know, um, we got to mention Montreal Zone, Shome 97.7 has been nominated Canada's number one rock station. That's a pretty fucking incredible achievement, you know, when, when you come to think of it in radio today. Just something about Shome, because I've been listening to Shome literally my whole life. I'm I'm sentimental about it, you know. Like it, 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 it's very close to home for me. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of the uh, few radio stations that I have on on the car if I'm not listening all to the my time. Artists. Basically, yeah. And what they do for artists, up and coming artists, local from Montreal, is just so cool. A lot of artists that normally wouldn't get any airplay, boom, they're featured on Shome. Like you said, you throw it on your car all the time, so. It really gets new music out there. It's really awesome. Yeah, and I mean, if I don't hear it, you hear it. We talk about it, and then, you know, the next time I'm listening to the radio, there it is. Boom, Bastic, Like Shaggy. This episode on the Music Podcast Deluxe, we're taking six albums that we've been listening to recently on vinyl. And we're going to be going into them one by one, talking fun facts, talking what the album means to us personally, giving maybe a few anecdotes, maybe a show that we saw, etc. Album number one. Let me get it out for you here, Muck. Oh, this one's mine. We're going to take out each record. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. We're going to take a look at the album cover. It's a good visual reminder because I'm pretty forgetful. Yeah. So uh, the first album we're going to talk to you about is Die Antwoord, their recent album from last year, Mount Ninji, and The Nice Time Kid. This is just a weird album, man. Uh, The best way for me to describe this album is something that I would throw on when... I wasn't really sure what I wanted to listen to. Yeah, man. I would kind of categorize it as shock rap, basically. Kind of like the Marilyn Manson of hip-hop, Yeah, you want to call it. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. They're a rap duo, Yolandi and Ninja, from South Africa. So right away, the entire album has that South African accent behind the spitting. You know, it's really unique in that way. They have all kinds of different slang and... Different ways to put things. And I think the best word to describe the feeling when you listen to the album is unsettling. 
or maybe uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I put it on because uh, we were playing some games downstairs. And uh, I warned our buddy. I was like, you know, I'm going to put this next album on. You may find it a little bit strange. And in the end, you know, I think he, he enjoyed it. You got to give it a was. disclaimer, though. You were good to give a disclaimer. Yeah, because I mean, some I can't just go up to someone and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna throw on this awesome rap album," and then put Diane Antwoord on, and someone's gonna look at me and think I'm actually crazy. Yeah, like, I I mean, it's it is a hip hop album, but throughout the album, you'll have elements of dance music, drum and bass. Uh, they'll just throw whatever the fuck at you, and the fact that the girl Yolandi, she sounds. Like a little girl, like a young girl. So, and she's talking about things that could be very gross or graphic. So that contrast kind of adds to that feeling of like weirdness, you know, that unsettlingness about the, the entire album. It's one of those acts that you're most likely going to be introduced to by someone else saying like, hey, did you see this video? You know, that's it. Their videos went viral for that reason. That's what spread their popularity very, very quickly. They had that shock element. They're playing Oceaga this year, too. Yep. They're, they're one of the bands that were announced. So, yeah, I'd be interested to see uh, one of their sets. That'd be cool. Next up, what do we got? U2, Joshua Tree, 1987. What's so special about this album is that U2 was already a successful band when it came out. They were touring nonstop. They played the United States over and over, crisscrossed. And then Joshua Tree came out, which just kind of blasted them into like forever band status, superstardom. Well, Joshua Tree had some major hits. Yeah, there was at least three or four huge hits. They recorded it in Dublin, and the album has a little bit of everything. You got your love songs, they talk politics, there's songs about like hope and faith and God. You, you, it's it's all across the spectrum. In terms of songwriting, it's a perfectly put together album. The Edge, he really kind of shows off in this one. He's mastered those pedals, those guitar effects, and he kind of matches the mood perfectly with the sound effect he chooses to use on that particular song. It's really something to see. And I mean... 30 years later, the album's still a classic. You went to see them recently? Uh, recently. It was, I don't know, maybe about eight, nine years ago now. And that the was... The 360 tour. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That was the one that got delayed an entire year because Bono fell off the stage or broke a leg or some shit he like that. He got fucked up. Yeah, he got, got fucked up. He got fucked up some way. <laughs> so it got delayed a year. But yeah, I went to the 360 tour. That was a, that was a spectacle. You know, like the production, the stage, the screens... We were, we were actually, uh, myself and Olga were watching a, a documentary on Netflix called Abstract. And one of the women on those documentaries actually worked on one of U2's huge stages. And, I mean, it was fucking mind-blowing how, uh, how I, much work goes into it. I imagine they have a team of, like, hundreds and hundreds of people to put together something like that. I think they bought the pieces for the stage in that particular city. And when they left, they left the stage behind. To get dismantled. It wasn't even... The the setup was so huge that it wasn't worth transporting. (laughs) Yeah, if you could imagine that. Number three is a Montreal band. Yep, local act. We're going to fast forward to 2015. Half Moon Runs, Sun Leads Me On. 
Do you remember that show, Metropolis? Oh, dude. Musically, it was probably one of the best shows I've seen. They're perfect. They are a pro band. They're so prepared. They're tight. They're well rehearsed. It's a pleasure to see them. They had four sold out nights that weekend, if you remember. That's fucking impressive. Four sold out nights in Metropolis. And they just kept adding shows, too. And we, we got the first one that was on sale, right? I believe we got yeah, it first we day. Yeah, we did. We did. In 2012, they had released Dark Eyes, which I really did love, you know? Um, but the second album, Sun Leads Me On, is just much more mature. The arrangements are better. Musically, they've grown. And I feel like they've maybe gotten closer as a band because when they first started out, they didn't know... All of them didn't know each other very well. They were just a bunch of musicians that got together and formed a band. Really? Yeah. I I didn't know that. I thought that they had been, you know, well-established for a while and... No, they weren't... It's not the uh, longtime friend story. So, like, you can kind of feel that from album one to album two that they've got closer and got better at writing songs together. The chemistry has to be right. You know that. Oh, of course. And, And, I mean, I think... What they've accomplished so far is incredible, and I would gladly go see them again. Oh, it's one of those bands that I would probably go every time I could. You know what they do have coming to Montreal is that uh, that's uh, Montreal Symphony Orchestra with Half Moon Run. That's I believe right. The, the symphony is going to be playing the Half Moon Run songs. I don't exactly understand the deal, but from what I get, it's the symphony plays the music and they do the vocals. Okay. So it's going to be all harmonies over the symphony orchestra. It's going to be beautiful. They're amazing at nailing those harmonies live. It's one of the best parts of their albums and their live set. The dog chose to drink water again while we're recording, and we're not going to redo that whole part. So you get to hear dog drink. Yeah, well, that's just how it rolls, man. It's not like we're big shots where we have our own studio here. We're working... We're working in a kitchen, the heart of the house. The soul of the electricity. Numero cuatro, number four. Number four is Daft Punk, Alive, 2007. From guess what year? 2006? 2007. Why? Why? It was recorded live in Paris just ten years after they debuted Homework, their first album. Homework had... um... The Funk. The Funk, that's right. Yeah, it was it was a really, really good as as a as a first album, it was huge for them. Yeah, I, re- I still remember that video. Um I watched it countless times. With as the a, dog as a kid. Yeah, the dog head. Alive two thousand seven is kinda like a greatest hits, but then also like nothing you've ever heard before. Because everything's remixed. It's basically the best Daft Punk mixtape. It's a mishmash. You get songs from Discovery, Homework, Human After All, that robot rock. I love the way this album sounds. Remember I was concerned about the mix? Yeah, so when I told you I was getting the album, you were like, ah, you know, I don't know about the mix. You remember it was really bassy, and, and it's true. When you listen to a digital version or uh, an old CD version of the album, you get that really bassy feeling. Like in the car, it's you almost outdoor, have to turn it down. Yeah, it's that outdoor bass sound. You know, very big, very echoey. So for... The LP release, um, I read up on some reviews and uh, I read that they had fixed the bass and they had, you know, remastered the bass so that it was better on vinyl. Um, so I ordered a copy and the first copy was fucked up. Disc 2 had a huge scuff on it. You know this album won a Grammy? Really? Yeah. Best electronic dance album in 2009. 
These guys are powerhouses, man. Basically, they're going to be around forever. Even random access memories, it's it's killer. You know, they just keep kind of evolving and progressing with the times. They contribute to all pop music. They get featured on a bunch of tracks. They're here for the long run. Yeah, and I heard, I don't know if this is true yet or not, that uh, we might hear some music from them this year. You know what I would love to do is just crack those robot helmets right off their heads. I have not seen what they look like. So, next one, our fifth album, is uh, one that you know a little bit more about here. Yeah, I'm a, well, we both are huge Tragically Hip fans. Of course. Gord Downey, lead singer from the Tragically Hip. His album, Secret Path, 2016, was just released this, last year. This is a concept album. It came in a package with the graphic novel. The graphic novel was illustrated by Jeff Lemire. And the concept for the album was to highlight a story about a Native American kid named Chani Wenjak. Uh, he's a young boy that was part of the uh, residential school system in 1966. And he ran away from that school in a quest to go back home, which was something like 500 kilometers away. And he died along the way. He basically followed these rail tracks up north to his town and didn't make it. And is this something common? Like, we were discussing the album and you, you had told me a little bit about the backstory. So, The school system in the 60s was put in place to kind of culturally change Native American kids and make them more Canadian. Uh, 150,000 were placed into these systems. Out of those 150,000, the conditions were so bad that 6,000 died a lot oh of them, God. a lot of them ran away. A lot of them got hurt or injured. It was run by the church, the uh, Catholic Church, and it was a disaster. It's something that uh, that's why he felt so passionately about it. I mean, he was diagnosed with brain cancer, and he's using what could possibly be his last days to bring attention to this. Number Our next six. album, number six, highly suspect. Mr. Asylum. Yeah, what year is this fucking thing come up? Uh, you got it in your notes. Somewhere. Mr. Asylum, 2015. Yeah, so uh, look, let me give you a really quick story on this album because it's a little bit of a mystery. I was listening to Spotify one uh, one week and this popped up. Um, I think Lydia popped up on my uh, Discover Weekly. I love Spotify for that. So, you know, I, I hit the song and I was like, wow, that's that's a really cool song. And it was late at night one night, and I just started browsing through the artists, and I, I hit Highly Suspect, and I was listening to this album, and I think by the time I got three quarters of the way through it, I was ready to pick it up. Not bad for a debut, eh? It's an excellent hard rock album. High energy, fun to listen to. I would argue it's more my style of music than their newer one. I would agree. You know their hometown? They're from Cape Cod, but they're working out of Brooklyn right now, New York. And Ryan, the drummer... And Rich, the bassist, are twins. Huh. How's that for a rhythm section? Talk about being on the same wavelength. Yeah, they're the same flesh and bone. I think my favorite part about the band is the singer. When he opens up and really belts them out, you feel it. He does a really good job at that. You know, I'm really upset that they haven't been up here yet. I know, it's one of those ones on my list. I gotta get to it. You think we can sneak down to the States to catch them? I mean, they're, they're touring their new album, right? So it might be a little bit difficult. I think right now in the summer, yeah, we got we got to check it out. We got to check their uh, their schedule out and see what we can what we can do if we can do. 
Welcome to the Master Trap, where Muck and Dre talk to you about a song they just can't seem to take off repeat. We've got an important master track for you this this episode. Tash Sultana, song called Jungle. What a really cool song. And uh, you showed me her at first, and I really didn't know what to expect. And I was impressed. Well, yeah, I think just days after I introduced you guys to her, we bought the tickets for the show on the 29th. Look at this show. It is now March. We bought tickets in February for a show that's in September. That's way ahead of time. It's rare for a show that size to be sold so many months ahead of time. Yeah, and I mean, I think we were looking at the, the tour dates across the States, too, when after we heard about her and uh, noticed that their, her shows were selling out very quick across the States. And in Australia, where she's from. The show was originally supposed to be at L'Astral. It actually got bumped up to Corona Theater because the tickets sold too quickly. That's perfect. I love Corona. I love Corona, too. I can't wait for that show. What she does is, well, she's kind of one of those loop artists that you would see on YouTube. However, aside from all the fancy pedals and sound effects and drum machines that she operates with, because she basically builds the song live in front of everybody, she's an incredible vocalist and guitarist. The song is there. Even if she didn't have that shtick of being a loop artist, with a full band, the song is still a great great track she's solo yeah she's up there on her own it's really cool to see if you haven't youtube there will post on facebook youtube tash sultana check out jungle there's so many versions of her doing this live very very cool it's like a nine minute song live because she spends a lot of time at the beginning of the song building it she does all the guitar parts the drum beat she she records it all it's it's very cool the the uh video for jungle that we saw was uh, in a, like a part of her house, right? Like you could see people in the background kind of popping their heads in and out of the recording. Yeah, that you're referring to like the first yes video, the one that broke her through. She was a YouTube success. Yeah. If you're interested in checking her out, take a look and see if there's still some tickets. Uh, you might be able to catch her show end of September. September 29th. Now at Corona Theater. And uh, you know, drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Tell us if you like her. If you're going to be at the show, maybe we'll see you guys there. Wow, that went quick. We are already at the end of episode number seven. You know, with this new setup, we're working with a new mic. Uh, if you guys maybe noticed the sound quality change, uh, we got the blue mic, the snowball. Thank you, Pav, for the great hookup. Uh, it has made our lives here at the DBTH studio much easier, much smoother. So if you guys want to get in touch with us, you find us on Facebook. Type the DBTH guys in the search bar at the top. You find us. We post about our podcasts, so make sure you subscribe to those. And if you're feeling in the mood to ask us some questions, talk about some stuff, you can shoot us an email at the guys at gmail.com and so we'll much, get back to you. So much communication, dude. We're on all levels here. It's the way it's got to be. So remember, everybody, make some time. No? Oh. What's wrong? Already? No? What else do you have to say? That's all. Is that all we have to say? That's it. We're good. So remember, everybody... Make some time for music. It's fucking important.